Hello everybody, it's Colin Ellis here and welcome to another episode of the Culture and Coffee podcast for Monday the 24th of October 2022. Sat outside, some nice and warm, you've had a glimpse of summer, here's your weather update, it's coming. I've had a glimpse of summer over the weekend, 27 degrees and then a thunderstorm. But you're going to get the full early morning experience here, I've got a false minor bird that just sat close to me, so people aren't doing their early morning walks and of course I'm sat outside a coffee shop oh you're going to get cars as well I'm sat outside the coffee shop I'm going to be talking about planning uh, this week and the importance of it but the importance of realising that they'll never ever ever be perfect Um, coffee this morning is something completely different now I was in the US so this would have been pre-pandemic so the last time I was in the US this would have been February 20. 2019 and I you know when you just want a coffee you know you just want a coffee and the nearest place was Starbucks now um, it's, it's another place I would ordinarily go in Australia not that I've got anything about against Starbucks necessarily to be honest um, but it's part of the American experience I always think Starbucks so it's like oh I'll go into Starbucks and I'll have a co- I'll get a, I'll just get a you know a coffee in there um, just a black coffee and they had like a beer tap and I was like I just said to the girl, I was like, what's that? She's like, oh, it's a nitro coffee. I won't embarrass myself by doing the accent. She's like, oh, it's, it's a nitro coffee. I was like, okay, I'll have one of those. And she poured it and it was like beer. If you've ever had like a Guinness or uh, a Caffrey's, I, I did some work in Northern Ireland early in my career. I used to drink Caffrey's and you can see this thing. It's like a layer and it just layers up and layers up. And it was absolutely beautiful. Um, but I haven't had another one. Uh, and then I was out on a walk. My wife and I were out for a walk uh, last week and we stumbled upon this place uh, not far from home, about, again, 15, 20-minute walk from home, that just does cold brew. So I'm at, it's called CBCB and Odd Fub. Right? So the cold brew coffee bar and other drinks for uplifting Brunswickians. <laughs> I'm in the uh, Melbourne suburb of Brunswick. So yes, CBCB. Uh, so the place is owned by Corey. It's been opened about... Uh, eight months, just such a cool little place. You know, one of those, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't come to Melbourne much and you're like, oh, I've got a weekend, I should I should, you know, go and get coffee. You could literally walk up Sydney Road, which is not far from where I live, in, in the northern suburbs, in the northern suburbs. Um, and this this place is on Albert Street. Just a great little spot for a, for a nitro coffee. Now, it doesn't do, like, you know, kind of your... Um, cappuccinos, it's not got a milk frother or, you know, your kind of Lamazocca uh, maker and that's what makes it unique and I love places like that, it's like, this is what we are, we're a cold brew coffee boss who's got cold brew on tap and he's also got nitro coffee, so uh, I was just talking to, to, to Corey and I said, so kind of, how do you make this nitro coffee? He's like, I've literally got a nitro canister under the counter here and when we pour it just infuses the coffee so it's an Ecuadorian coffee it's an Ecuadorian single origin coffee infused with nitrogen uh, it's cold uh, it just looks like a glass of I guess it looks like a glass of dark beer I'll post a picture um, on LinkedIn for those of you who are interested me and my gym kit in the early morning <laughs> something you can't unsee and my cold let me just have a taste of this Like, it's so creamy and smooth, and there's just not a hint of bitterness to it at all. It's absolutely um, delicious. It's got that, what I love about it is watching, it's got, like, that waterfall effect, you know, when you're watching beer settle, or a drink settle. Um, 
Yes, so that's where I am this morning. I'm at CBCB and Oddfub uh, in the inner north suburbs. So let's talk about planning. Um, so I've got a, a trip uh, to Europe coming up. I leave tomorrow. Uh, sorry, I leave later today. And I, you know, kind of looking at all of my schedule. I'm like, right, well, that needs to happen then. And that connecting flight goes to there. And that connecting flight goes to there. Um, and then the day after I arrive, I'm doing a, I'm doing an event in London about project delivery. That was my former life and project delivery. And the subject of planning always, always comes up. Um, and so it's part of the research, you know, I read, read lots of papers, you know, kind of what's the, the latest thinking uh, around planning. And, and, and one survey found that only 9% of organisations do planning really, really well. And I think there's a real lack of discipline around plan oh, I could do a whole podcast on that I, I, I think there is I think there's a real lack of discipline I think most organizations and again this speaks often to the culture is they start off the year with the greatest of intents but often what they do is they promise more than they have the capacity or the capability to deliver right at the start so most organizations are planning to fail so um you know, immediately that takes the wind out of people's sails. So, so you'll hear things like, you know, when, when your planning is complete, you'll hear things like, well, it's going to be tough, but we'll get it done. Like, and you want it to be stretched, don't get me wrong. You want people to feel kind of 5% stretched, but most end up feeling like 20% stretched. Uh, and, and that's never good because uh, you can't deliver everything that you, you said that you would at the start of the year. And that's okay, providing that you've got replanning cycles in throughout the year to make sure that you're constantly looking at what you are actually able to deliver. Now, of course, the, those plans are built off the strategy. So um, the strategy basically is like, kind of, here's us, we're unique, and this is how we're going to be better than everybody in our field. These are the things that we're going to do. Um, this is how everything links together. This is the vision that the strategy hangs off the back of. Uh, these are our objectives and these are our goals. These are the targets that we're actually uh, selling ourselves. And when you read the strategy, it's got to, it's got to be believable. It's got to be achievable. It's got to be motivational. You've got to be like, yeah, we can do this. And, and so there's a real structure to, to good strategy there's a real elegant structure to it where when you read it and you would want to read it i've mentioned this on previous podcasts if you work for an organization you want to read it although the emphasis often is on organizations to make it easy to read often it's just too detailed and too long-winded and, and then senior managers like you've got to learn the strategies like well how about you make it easy to read how about you just put it on like a page or two page and give us a good sense of what it is but planning Planning doesn't necessarily have that elegance. Oh, I should talk about strategic planning as well, because it's not a thing. <laughs> it's just, it, it's like it's a complete misnomer, strategic planning. Like like somebody smashed those two things together because it was, I don't know, a catchy name for an offsite. Let's have a strategic planning offsite. I kind of get it, but it, it, it confuses the two things. Like, your strategy is one thing and then your plan is another. And, okay, you could, you could argue that I'm splitting hers by saying, well, if we're planning the strategy, planning the delivery of the strategy, surely it works. Well, it kind of does. Um, but, you know, in my experience, strategic planning sessions are just an excuse for a long, boring day with expensive food where certain people over-talk and not a lot gets decided. But, you know, that, 
that could just be me. Um, so they don't they don't necessarily have that elegance. So what what plans do is they say this thing this objective that we have in the strategy and the goal that we're looking to get from this objective here's the here's the steps that we need to take in order to get there and these are the resources that we'll need to use and by resources i mean kind of assets raw materials those kind of things and the people and from a people perspective um this is what we've got to do uh, this, uh, these are the people that we need and these are the capabilities that they need to have or the competencies or whatever word you use in, 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 in your organisation. And then at the end of the plan, once you've done the planning, you get, you get a rough idea of the time and the cost. So most people, when they're putting their strategy together, will do some high-level kind of planning sessions kind of high level usually on one page we used to do it on one page keep it nice and simple nice and straightforward but the reality is and and you know when i think back because i was talking to someone this about a few weeks back i was like when we did those initial planning sessions we would say costs and times are roughly plus or minus 50 percent because we just don't know enough now obviously the, the you know the more time you spend planning the greater level of detail that you get but but the 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 point that we made at the start here is listen the plans are not perfect it's going to need to change it's going to need to grow not only that this strategic objective that we've got may not be relevant by the time we come to deliver it and that's why you can put together the best plan possible but things change all of the time planning for, for, for example planning doesn't kind of remove risk uh, uh, planning really is about the systematic gathering of information uh, such that you understand at a point in time I know I feel like that as well the days I get up and inside I'm crying particularly when I have to go to the gym um, but planning does that it, it, it you know it looks a kind of well over, over the life cycle here's the things that we need to do to make sure that we stay on track uh, in order to achieve the goals that they were looking for. But it's never perfect. And I think there is a perfection mindset when it comes to plans. You know, particularly around projects, when I'm thinking about the, the, the session that I'm going to do in, in projects, um, I think people are like, oh, well, just do... If, if they insist on it at all, you know, often senior managers are like Nike project sponsors, just do it, just do it, just do it. Well, no, that's not the way that we deliver our strategy. The way that we deliver our strategy is to actually put together a plan at a point in time to give us the opportunity to build the asset to achieve the outcomes. But recognising that it changes. So, you know, for, for projects, it's very much about building a team, building a plan, delivering the project. Always in that order, doesn't matter what method you use, it's always, always in that order. You always build the team first. But then you have to build the plan. Um, and then you have to iterate the plan all of the time. Now, from a cultural perspective, what you want to make sure is that your strategy is always achievable. And so this is where you would do a, a quarterly review, a quarterly business review, quarterly planning sessions to take a look at everything that you've got on and say, is it still doable? Is it still achievable? And at some point, you're going to draw a line on that list of uh, initiatives that you, you, you plan to do for the year. And you're going to say, OK, so we started out the year with, with these 50 things, but recognising that planning can't be perfect. Actually, we're, we're a third of the way through the year. So we're a quarter of the way through the year. And actually... That's taken longer than that. That one is no longer relevant. That's not a priority anymore for us. This one's coming in. And, it, you know, it's, it, you're literally like... It, if, you ever, if you've ever played Scrabble, 
like the real one, like the, you know, the, with the tiles, and you move the tiles about to try and make words. Kind of planning's like that, and you put some letters off to the side, and you're like, okay, I can't really use those. That's what you do with your plan. You, 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 um, you kind of uh, plan for the year. You say, okay, well, we can't do these right now, but I can use these right now. And every quarter you should be looking to fail some projects. You're looking to essentially reprioritize some projects. Yeah, yeah, the, the mature organizations fail projects before they even start. They don't put them on hold. Because all putting them on hold does is, is create uncertainty. So that's what yeah, a good quarterly review does. It, re- it recognizes that plans aren't perfect and that the plan needs to evolve as it goes through the year. And then for each of those initiatives that you're doing, there is a recognition that this is what we said that we would do. Uh, however, this is what we're seeing right now. This is what the cost looks like. This is what the time looks like, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you're, if you're a project manager, if you're a general manager, this is not an excuse for lack of discipline. All right? So if you put a plan together, you still have to, you still have to deliver it, right? It's not like, well, I've listened to a podcast called that said plans are perfect, so I can just let this drift and drift and drift and drift and drift um, and, and then just use him as an excuse. No, uh, you've still got to have the discipline to do it. And that's the beauty of spending time planning. Because, you know, in my experience, most organizations will spend 20% planning and 80%, 20% of effort planning and 80% of effort implementing. And that effort implementing can just be exhausting, stressful, anxious, all of those things, right? Whereas in my experience, if you put 80% of your effort into planning and then 20% of your management effort into delivery, it's much, much easier uh, because what you get is this constant foresight. Here's what could happen. Here's what could happen. Ah, here's what is, here's what is happening. Ah, we've got a contingency plan, is that word, in place to, to deal with that because you recognise that not everything can be... Uh, perfect. Um, so that prioritization piece is is absolutely critical. I run a there's a story I tell. I won't bore you with the full story. As, as whenever I work with uh, leadership teams, which I did last week, um, and talked about kind of prioritizing a portfolio. Portfolio is a c- collection of connected initiatives to deliver to a strategy. You know, and and I said, you know, I worked with this leadership team. They had, I think, it was seventy six projects. And I said, how many do you have the capacity to deliver? I said, that's got to be one of the inputs, the session capacity to deliver. And they they, they estimated they had the capacity to deliver between forty five and fifty. And so I said, okay, well, I'll work with you to get to that list one to seventy six. And the CEO said to me, how long do you think it will take? I was like, no, it's just let's make it all day. He was like, oh my gosh, like I was thinking two hours. Anyway, long story short, we ended up having to get pizza in dinner time because it was taking that long everyone was enjoying it don't get me wrong but there's a fair few bun fights along the way when people realised that their pet projects weren't going to make the list of 45 to 50 and so we really had to then drill down on well what provides the organisation with the greatest outcomes in order to deliver the strategy and sometimes there's a real lack of kind of that basic business knowledge Um, because people are like I want this system you're like okay cool so what does that system give you that you don't have right now? And what outcomes can you gain from it to achieve the strategy to help you achieve the vision? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, is that why we're doing stuff? Um, and so, you know, by the end of this particular session, we got to the one to, you know, kind of, I think we got, we got to one to 50. I wanted to do 45, but they said 50. And I was like, all right, compromise. And we drew the line. And then the 26 and the... 
I remember, I think it was Chief Operator, and he said to me, he said, well, what happens to the 26? I'm like, we write them down, and you keep all of those lovely one pages, and then I said, and you reassess them if other projects fall out of the list because they're no longer a priority, because plans aren't perfect and things will change. Otherwise, what we're going to do is we tell the staff they're not going to happen this year. I said, some of them won't happen at all. What you're not going to do is put them on hold because all that does is create uncertainty. So whilst it's true that plans aren't perfect, what you want to do is give a, a, a kind of regular sense of, of what's possible, what's doable, what's available. So this requires every, and it doesn't matter whether you're a small business, it doesn't matter whether you're a one, two, three person business. You might be a startup, you're like, okay, what's our strategy? And like, you might, you, as a startup, you might start with a goal. You might be like, okay, we want. We might want a thousand people to download our app that we've created. Great, you know, here's your strategy. Okay, what's your plan? And it's very, it, 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 you know, I, I like it. Planning isn't perfect when you're at a startup. It's the beauty, you know, I love working with startups because they don't have that fixed mindset around, well, we've written it in the plan, so we've got to deliver it. There is that iterative nature of it. They're like, okay, cool, let's get rid of that. Let's not do that, let's do this. But often with with startups there isn't enough rigor around um kind of creating the micro plan to deliver that piece of thing uh, piece of uh, functionality and what they end up doing is overworking and it gets to the point where when you're growing at scale what you need to do then is pay attention to your culture because what you can't afford to do then is is keep that kind of high velocity high energy working all hours culture because that's when you burn out you make bad mistakes and you, you make mistakes and and so on and so forth so I, I kind of hoping that the, the core message is coming through here. <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, I've just wasted about 20 minutes of your time. The planning is crucially important. Planning has to be done. But you need to find the sweet spot between not enough planning and too much planning. Because planning can never, ever, ever, ever be perfect. You know, you kind of look into within plus or minus 10 to 20% in terms of understanding people and cost and time. You know, I still, people, people still have got this, oh, it says that in the plan, then we've got to deliver it. That's just not the nature of plans. You know, your strategy, you know, has to be there or thereabouts. You know, on a yearly basis, you have to say, this is our strategy for the year, recognising that that can change. Um, but the plan to deliver the strategy can absolutely change along the way. So yeah, planning doesn't have to be perfect, but it does have to be done. Hope you've enjoyed today's Culture and Coffee podcast. Have a fabulous day, wherever you are. Ta-ra for now.